is Drew vs. the World, a podcast about living, loving, and laughing, getting inspiration through information. And it's not just Drew vs. the World, it's actually you versus the world. Today on the podcast, we have Jere. How are you doing today? Hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm great today. How's your, um, how's your Saturday shaping up? Anything special in the, in the hopper? Um, well, I flew down to Atlanta last night. Um, going to visit Six Flags today. Get out a little okay. bit. Yeah, okay. get out a little bit. Is this your first time flying um, in since the quarantine, or have you been? Uh, no, this is not my first time. I was pretty uh-huh. much just trying to just get away from the business, you know, that mental space you need sometimes. So I met up with some great friends here, and pretty much we're just going to Six Flags and just have fun. <laughs> yes. I, I used to go to the Six Flags, actually, in Jersey. Okay. Um, and then I, I was there when they first started the campaign, remember the old man? They used to, I don't know if they still have that. The old man, they used to, dun, 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 dun. I haven't been talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when they first started that, and then they started, they built this one section of, I don't know if they might have it there. It's called a Hurricane Harbor. I know you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, the water park. Yeah. If, if you get a chance to go there, I don't know if you, if you set up for today, but yeah, those love, love Six Flags. Love, love, okay. love amusement parks and love, um, which call road coasters too. Yeah, that's what we're about to hit today. We go. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. Um, so we're going to go into a section I like to call Shots Fired. So it's it's about 15 to 20 questions. The first thing that comes to your head, just let it fly. It's going to start very simple at the beginning. And they get a lot more thought-provoking at the end. Okay? Okay. Okay. So it's, it's not time for, uh, what you call it, corporate speak. We're going <laughs> to let everything, we're going to let the, everything out the window. Okay? Okay, that's fine. That's, I'm All ready. Right. I'm ready. There we go. Um, and this is Shots Fire. What's your favorite color? Green. What's your favorite sport? Football. What's your favorite movie? Uh, Scooby-Doo. What's your favorite TV show? Uh, Greenleaf. Okay. What movie do you hate to love? Love and Basketball. Okay. What's your favorite drink? Oh, Strawberry Margarita. Okay. What's one place you want to visit that you haven't yet? Cancun. What's one fictional world you want to, want to visit? Uh, space. Okay. Um, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a basketball player, but it turns out I'm a football player. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can have anyone as a fictional, uh, any fictional character as an imaginary friend. Who would you choose and why? Uh, Scooby-Doo. Because... Okay. Uh, he, he's very, he comes, he's full of life. He's funny. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like we do. Okay. If you had a time machine, would you go back in time or forward in time? Back in time. What's your favorite type of music? Uh, hip-hop. Okay. Who's your favorite artist? And this doesn't mean it has to be a musical artist. I'm prefacing by saying it could be anybody whose art gives you emotion to you. So like a dancer, a what you call a writer, a painter, anybody who uh, what you call art gives you emotion. Uh right wave. Okay. Um who is your celebrity crush? 
Hmm, that's a good one. Because I, I ain't really had one for a long time. Uh, I think Beyonce. Okay. What song would describe your life? Um, let's see. Uh, Zodiac. There's a new song that's, that's out called Zodiac. Okay. Um, what song would the devil play to punish you in hell? NBA Young Boy. <laughs> Bad Boys. <laughs> there you go. Um, who would you change places with for one day? The president. Okay. What would be the name of your autobiography? Life as a football player. If you had to be handcuffed to someone for a month, who would it be? A, a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Smart move. Um, <laughs> if you had a talk show, who would be your first guest? They could be alive or they could be dead. And what would be the quest- first question you asked them? Uh, Ellen. Mm-hmm. I asked her... Um, what was her biggest challenges of getting where she is now today? Hmm. What's one superpower you want to have? To be nice. Okay. What's one career you wish you could have that you haven't had a chance to do? Be able to sing. Hmm. What's the weirdest food you've ever eaten? Lasagna. Okay. All right. Last two questions. Can you give me your best scar story? A scar that you have and how'd you, how'd you get it? A scar that I have on my body? Mm-hmm. Uh, football, pretty much my first hit. That's the one that kind of shakes you up, wake you up. Okay. Last question. Death row meal. Last meal of life. I need the app. I need the entree. And I need the dessert. So the last meal? Yep. Last meal. I need an appetizer. I need an entree. And I need the dessert. Appetizer would be... Um, the shrimps that's wrapped around in bacon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the entree would be, you just got to give me a seafood ball. Mm. <laughs> Dessert, I'm going with the strawberry cheesecake. Okay, there you go. Any, <laughs> oh, yeah, I added this one thing. What Would you put the strawberry margarita at the end for the drink? Or yeah. You're going to, okay, okay, good. I'm going strawberry margarita. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, that was Shots Fired. See, pretty simple, right? Not too yeah, crazy. Yeah, it wasn't too yeah. bad. Exactly. So you're right. We, we've been, what you call it, working on this interview for a long time. Can you answer this super existential question? <laughs> Who is Jure? Um, Jure is my middle name, so okay. that's me. Uh, pretty much, I'm a small town girl that came from well I came from a small town that grew up in sports Mm -hmm. Uh, my dad my family put me in the sports when I was like five years old 
I used to be the one that used to play out to the street lights came on with all the boys. It's the only female, so I got bruises. I, I just went at it. So I, I took a hobby into um basketball. Played basketball all my life. And I kinda started to wanted to wig into football. Mm. And once football started with me, I just never let it go. And with when I started to use my middle name as my brand now, I, I wanted to help people because I learned a lot of challenges through football, through the military, um, even playing basketball. I learned a lot of challenges to help others. So I feel like that's the reason why I'm in the position that I'm in today. Got you. So uh, you, you, are you originally from um, Louisiana? Yes, I'm from a small town called Vasher, Louisiana. Okay, so that's where I could hear the, the accent coming out a little bit. So, so um, how did living in Louisiana, because they have a, such a rich, the South in general has such a rich, like, sports culture, right? What was, can you remember, or can you take me back to the first game, or first, first like, the biggest play you ever had in your basketball career? Oh, I was young. Um, I was in St. Louis. We were playing AAU summer summertime okay. league. I was nervous, but we played this team. It was from Finland. Um, we was all probably like four or five. The Finland girls, they're tall. Mm-hmm. They were probably like five, five. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that game, I ended up putting 42 points. Whoa. And I was... <laughs> 13, 14 years old. Wow. Yeah. Was it was it the was it a pull up? Did you pull up for, was it, it was like a bunch threes? of threes? It was a bunch of threes. <laughs> I ran threes. I I ran threes. I ran it down. Cause they was all tall. It wasn't in no way it was mm-hmm. going to the middle. No. So mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I don't know what clicked in my head. I don't know what fired it was was shot it off, but we still lost, but I uh, I was raining threes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's kind of like you know uh, it's kind of like when Kobe puts up like seventy. Well, R.I.P. When Kobe used to put put up seventy and the Lakers used to still lose, you'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, he still had a good game though. <laughs> he still, mm-hmm. had, a he still had a good game, yeah. Exactly. So as far as sports is concerned, um, when you first kind of like got into them, what was you said you wanted to be a basketball player growing up? Right. Um, who did you look up to? Who was your like, like shining light to be this the person I want to be like? The guy you just mentioned, Kobe Bryant. <sighs> Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Yes. <laughs> I follow him since when he got in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. I had his jersey on. I would wear when I play basketball outside. I would just be like Kobe. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I never liked nobody else. Like, I was yeah. true diehard Kobe fan from eight to twenty four. I was there everywhere. He went. <laughs> I didn't stop. Mm-hmm. So as far as uh, living in kind of uh, Louisiana and then kind of matriculating out of, you know, your hometown, did you go directly into the Army or um, did you kind of try um, your touch at college? Because I, I see that you went to uh, Holmes Community College, I believe. Yes, um, I went to was- Holmes. Okay, was that before or after the military? Uh, that was before. What ended up happening was I got out of high school. Um, I won state one year. My mm-hmm. senior year made it to the semifinals. 
um, I had offered a scholarship to a few places and I chose home community college because I wanted to kind of get out a little bit. End up going to homes for a few, uh, t- two years. Then I end mm-hmm. up going back home and I was supposed to go to Dillard University, but I kind of wanted to do something different. I felt like basketball was a love, but I, I kind of just wanted to grow up a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, because I needed a job and stuff like that. So I I looked into the military and I went National Guard for Louisiana. And that's when I joined. And it I've been in now for six, seven years. Nice. What? So do you have a Charger or do you have a Camaro yet? Which one do you have? <laughs> Which one do you have? I have. I'm on my fifth car. I have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to break it down to you. So before I joined the military, I had a 1999 Mustang. Then I went Mm -hmm. to a 2007 Mustang. Mm -hmm. Joined the military. I ended up getting a 2010 Dodge Challenger. Mm -hmm. Um, Four years ago. I went into 2017 Camaro. Yep. <laughs> Last December, I was just like, I'm getting on the sport life two door car. I'm tired of it. So I went and got a 2021 Kia K5. Okay. Okay. I like the K5. K5 is nice. Yeah. That's not the ones that's go, like getting set on fire, right? Have you heard about that? The Kias you- that are, Kias that are like there. The engines are blowing and getting getting caught on fire. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. some need to tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Look into that. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the K five. I don't think it's the K five. Say, look into but, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, but yeah. Um, but yeah, this is funny that that's, that's kind of like the stigma that goes with like the military is like you go into. I saw a meme about it, but like um, some one of the recruiters was like, "Do you want a charger?" that's how they that's how they recruit you yeah uh it wasn't it wasn't a sport car i've been in sport Mm. life before i joined the military but it just Mm -hmm. enhanced me to you know i I had camaro mustang challenger and then after a while it it got boring and i'm just like tired of two-door and i was like i kind of want to be a little more luxury so i still have a sport car that has red interior that nice gray look and i roof but um it's nice so I, I like it. Yeah. So out of the military, um, did you start pursuing um, um, basketball again or did you go straight into football? Uh, after I came from basic training, AIT, I mm-hmm. kind of pick up a job. Um, you know, I was in that phase where a lot of people get to when they're in college, they don't understand what they want to do for real, what they kind of want to push forward for. Um, I have jobs working in the uh, car industry, but I still felt like that was, you know, I'm coming from a sport for life. It's just like, you should be doing more, you know? Mm-hmm. And eventually I picked up football. My coach, she was like, you want to play football? Cause I was playing flag. I just took it as a hobby. Yep. And she was like, you want to play um, tackle football? It's like, sure. Why not? And once I end up like my first game, I, I did really good <laughs> and I started to find love into it. Like it, it was a passion that just started to form on me. Like I didn't try to go do too much. Um, it just started to fall in on me. So and eventually at the end of the season, you know, I made all American got nominated for team USA. Um, and 
I found myself being happy playing football because, I mean, a lot of people find themselves doing a hobby, but they're not happy with it. And I was actually happy with it. And the time, the generation that we're living in now, female football is starting to become a thing. And it's like I'm living in it now. So generations is changing. Life is changing. It's revolving to where there's female referees, there's female um, football players in college. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm in a great time right now. So, uh, what do you, where do you feel like was your happiest? Where you are, like football or basketball? Football. Football. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, as far as you, you know, you, I, I see that you're also a quarterback. You're a quarterback. You are the leader of the team. You are the head of the the, the team, the snake. Right. <laughs> so. What, what did you, were you originally a quarterback or did you kind of find your, that position later on um, in your career or were you just like already throwing bombs like with the first game? Um, I, honestly, I didn't want it. I was like, really? I saw, yeah, I saw like Drew Brees and Tom Brady and how much they go through with the pressure. I was like, I don't want that position. And so I was started off as like wide receiver, running back, did great, um, scored mm-hmm. touchdowns doing those positions. But my coach was just like, you want to be a quarterback? And I was just like, no. But she kept agging it on. Then she kept <laughs> training me as a quarterback. I'm just like, no. And so eventually, once I started throwing the ball and finding myself really like, it's like life is telling you, this is where you need to be. Yeah. And I just listened to it. And I found myself just being a great quarterback. And I just started, you know, once I started playing the game and started being quarterback, I was like, okay, this is where I need to be at. Did, did you ever ask her what she saw in you that wanted her to change you from, you know, the running back wide receiver position to a quarterback position? I think it was more of a passion. I feel like with mm-hmm. quarterbacks, you just can't throw nobody in. Just be, mm-hmm. They can have a great arm. And if they don't have the passion to do it, they'll just be one of just a regular quarterback. But if you look at like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, um, these guys have a passion to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I feel like... They love football, but I think about being in the quarterback position makes them even more of a superstar. So with me, it was more of the fact that I had the leadership, the passion to train and be a quarterback for the team that she wanted me to, for her team. So I guess that's what she looked at. She she saw something in me that I didn't see. In yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's well, that's a good coach. That's a great coach, actually. To highlight you know their players best attributes and being and allowing them to 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 see themselves you know without them seeing themselves so, yeah because the whole time you could have been resisting that and she's like nah, nah you, got <laughs> you got it you got it yeah so, that's how so it was exactly so it's, it's 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 that's good coaching that's great coaching so from from as a quarterback what would you say is like the top three things you need to do or mentally be or how, top three, I guess, gifts that you need to have to be a quarterback? Um, you have to have your head on the swivel. That's number one. That's first thing first. Have your head on the swivel. Know what you're no see the play before the play even happens. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you see before it even happens. Of course you have to adjust when it breaks down, but nine times out of ten, if you see it before you'll make the right decision. Even if the decision was to hit that first target, you'll be, you'll be quicker to hit the second target 
it looks smooth, you know, versus you just, oh, the first target not there and now you're panicking. Yeah. So I feel like that's the number one thing of just, uh, well, head on the swivel, see the play before it happens. And the third one, be able to run. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I, I, QB that sits in the pockets is okay. I feel like you just need to have a strong line, but I feel like what we, what we in now, how football is played, you need to be able to run. You need, yeah. you need to be able to run and not just take a sack or throw the ball. Like, at least get some yards, you know, at least know how to slide to get a few yards or run five yards in that bounce. Yeah, to, to, to oppose your view, actually, a lot of people say that pocket quarterbacks have more longevity than running quarterbacks, i.e. the Mike Vicks, the, what you call it, the, um, what's the guy's name that can't, he couldn't get out of freaking, he got out of Florida, then he went to another team, and then he went to Washington Redskins. Oh my goodness, I can't remember his name, but I can't remember his name. But yeah, the, the, and then the longevity quarterback, longevity quarterbacks are like the, you know, um, the Drew Brees, like you said, the Tom Brady's that kind of sit in the pocket and wait. Um, the one person who is a disnomer and kind of like screws all that stuff is Russell Wilson. He's mm-hmm. like he he can run out the pocket, he can stay in, he can stay in the pocket, and he can take some hits and get some hits out too. But he's like a like a freak out. Yeah, that's too. who I'm really talking about. No, okay. uh, I I feel like the quarterbacks that they're explaining about the running, I feel mm-hmm. like they. They look to run first, then try to pass. Mm-hmm. I feel yep. like you need to sixty percent need to be pocket, sixty to seventy percent need to be pocket, thirty mm-hmm. percent need to be run. That's that part that I feel like Russell yeah. has. Yeah. Um, if that, you're like sixty, seventy percent running, thirty yep. percent pocket, then I feel like yes, you're not going to last long. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna <laughs> then your knees blown out and your back. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. What so as far so you went to football and then how did um Dure fit come into the kind of scheme of things? Well, eventually um I had some knee issues um that I had mm-hmm. to deal with and it, it mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say it was a setback because it, was it from running? <laughs> it wasn't from running. It was <laughs> okay. Uh, it was kind of like a dumb move. I did a dumb mm-hmm. decision. Besides okay. going out of bounds. I was mm. like, I could get more yards, but yep. you know, that's mm. just the mentality that you need mm. to have. So it was a dumb move and it wasn't really a setback. It's just something that I feel like now seeing what I see, it was something I need to learn from because yep. if I would have never mm. went through my knee issue, I wouldn't did Jure fit because mm. Jure fit. Most of my clients have injuries. Mm. And when I was going through like therapy and stuff, I was looking for like not a therapist or a trainer, but I was looking for someone who had both, you know, who had both mentality of I still want to work out, but hey, I can't run as fast or this, that, and the third. And I didn't want to injure myself more when I'm still healing. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much had to figure out myself. Um, I had some people around me, but it still was like a me thing that I had to go through. And eventually, you know, once my body got to where it needs to be, um, Jure fit. I just started to really take my health serious, like being stronger. And it's not even about being stronger or losing weight, but balance. You know, balance mm-hmm. really matters. The strength and some of the muscles that you need to have that that we work every day. I looked into those things, and eventually, once I started to do Jure fit, 
um, other people, other clients that had situations, issues, I took them in and I, I worked with them. Um, I pretty much just be at, hey, this is what you need to do because eventually, you know, your body will break down on you. But for you not to have that problem, you need to be able to take care of your body this way. Even if you're not in the gym, off the outside the gym, stretch, um, pretty mm-hmm. much Epsom salt, be in the hot water, go get a massage, you know? Mm-hmm. So those things matter. And I feel like we don't push those things a lot nowadays. It's just workout, workout, workout. And it's not supposed to be just like that. So, so during that, during that time that you were out and also how you run Jure Fit, do you take into account the mental aspect of the thing of uh, kind of health too? As far as kind of the not just building the body, but also building the mind back up. Yeah, because that's it, when I had my injury, it was a mental thing for me because it was like, what if I can't do this no more? What if I can't do that? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I can't play football again? Um, it was about how my therapist was going to, how my body was going to heal, how I was going to react to being on the field again. So all those things I took into account, um, and especially talking to other clients that had like past injuries or surgeries or stuff like that. I have, it affects people mental because it's like they don't want to go through that process again. Mm-hmm. And I just I just try to tell them, like, hey, whatever you tell your mind, your body will follow. Yeah. So, so did you so did you get any type of like um, training or any type of like certifications and any type of uh, before you started the kind of the fitness journey? Yes, I did. Um, okay. Of course, I'm in the military, so yeah. I use my benefits to <laughs> get my certifications. I pretty much just get exactly everything I need to, like nutrition, uh, CPR, license. So I just went at it just so I can be able to, you know, show people that, hey, I'm certified. I know what I'm talking about. I know my deal. And then I think the biggest thing of life, if you can show someone that you went through it, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't sit here and tell you I know how you feel when your your knees bone, and I never had a bone knee. Mm-hmm. I could tell you what I seen, what I studied, but I can't tell you the emotional side from me. So when I feel like that's a deeper conversation when you have with your clients when they're telling you about some injuries that oh I had this this happened to me, and when I can relate to them, it's like a deeper level that we have now. What 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 has been your or who has been your biggest accomplishment so far? Uh, well, once I started Drake Fit, I moved out of Louisiana. I'm residing out in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to develop a bigger audience, more clientele. Um, like they say, once you start trying to pursue something, you know, I feel like you need to get away from your hometown, get away from your your norm, your comfortability. And once I moved to Houston, I moved there in January. Um, I found myself having a different type of crowd. I surrounded myself with um, a different selection of um, minorities of clients, clientele, friends, friendships. It was just a lot that was just being poured into me. So it was almost to the point where it was like, hey, this is where you prepare yourself this way you need to be at. Because if these things didn't happen to you in the past, you wouldn't be ready for what you're ready for now. So now everything that I dealt with passed from just as small as playing basketball to the military is all paying itself off now of what I do to this day. That's dope. So are yeah. you familiar with a football player by the 
name of Sunita Decker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she apparently is, has the, one of the largest contracts in um, women's football's history, right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me, like, as far as the contracts and negotiation things like that, is it, like, in comparison to the NFL? Well, like, as, as far as, like, how you guys are getting, um, like, I guess, marketed and things like that? Uh, pretty much it's not like the same as the NFL. It's just more like it's not as much, but yeah, it's yeah. more on a starting rate of I I feel yeah. like it's very fair for what they are yeah. um, offering females. Um, I guess it's a new league. It's something mm-hmm. that you have to just pretty much push out just to show the world like, hey, you know, this this is something that's being introduced because NFL had a starting year somewhere yeah, long yeah, time exactly. ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with just marketing, I feel like marketing now, when it's something new, you have to promote it. You have to promote it. You have to get people to be interested into it. So you have to give back. Um, so like I say, with the fairs that they're trying to give us and stuff like that, I feel like it's very fair. Um, of course, you're going to have to give fairs that's going to make more than others, but that's with anything. Yeah. So um, it's eventually, I see it being like the NFL years later down the line like exactly like the nfl as much recognition so years later down the line i feel like it will get there but it's just something new that people have to just take a risk into right now yeah 100 percent. and i i I feel like this whole kind of our generation is a generation where this is kind of like getting pushed out i feel like this is going to be i i honestly i i thought it was going to be like some like everybody was going to kind of like fuse together. Like it was just, I see a lot of like um, women players. They're like the kickers and the punters of like mm-hmm. college teams. But now to see like, cause I used to play with some, some women back in the day and they used to fucking flatline other dudes. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, hey. you have to see it. It's, man, <laughs> like, I'm I, a, I'm, I always explain to people like this. When people talk about the NFL, they talk about how they can't hit each other. They play like, you know, they it's like you tap them and it's like play, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I always hear a lot of people say they miss old school football where mm-hmm. they they bring up these old guys that used to just take each other head. I used to be mm-hmm. like, wow. <laughs> it wasn't about the skills. It was about they was actually just playing like yeah. heart to heart. And I feel like a lot of people miss that in the football game now. So in the female world it's kind of like that right now yes it's like that. it's not just oh that's the odell beckham female and that's who everybody want to see mm-hmm. it's like it's uh, 11 or 11 12 females just playing and you just about to watch them just go at each other go at it. <laughs> love it love it going back to the old school so i, I wanted to say one thing about uh ask another question about jerry fit um as an entrepreneur now like, what are some lessons you learn as an entrepreneur? Uh, it takes time. It takes time. Uh, I feel like when you question things in the past of why this is happening or why that is happening, I feel like it's developing you for something that you never probably will see if you don't get there or just just being open-minded. Because like I said in the past, if I wouldn't have did certain things, like how I felt when I had a knee injury, isn't how I feel today. And now mm. I'm 
that same knee injury is helping me to build exactly everything I have going on today. So it's 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 more added information. It's more added um, to me. It, it, I I live through it. You know, it's not something I just want to bury in the past and be like, nah, yeah, I did that. No one talk about it. I let it embrace me so I can encourage other people. Um, like I say, just by playing football, you know, now you can talk to younger females, uh, kids, and be like, hey, if you want to be a football player, you can. Because when I was growing up, there was no such thing as that. Mm-hmm. So that's the, you know, joy about it. And with Jurek Fit, it's just something that I kind of, I love. I want people, my logo comes from the Superman logo. Like, yeah. I, I like, yeah, so I like it on the mm-hmm. chest. And it makes you feel powerful. And I want it to be where when people are working out, they feel powerful. Like, no matter what, if it's something mental that they're going through, anything that's physical that they're going through, injuries. You you feel power that you can you know you can work you can because my slogan is get fit get lit get going you know get fit work out get lit you know you ain't gotta be sad about it. you don't have fun mm-hmm. get going just just start mm-hmm. you know like don't just even if it's just walking just start exactly. so uh, that's that's why my slogan is what it is. Can you say your slogan one more time because <laughs> I don't think I don't think they heard it in the rafters I don't think they heard it I don't think they heard it. <laughs> Get fit, get lit, get going. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I saw it on your website. I was like, that's perfect. I was like, that's perfect. How did you come up with that? Was that something that's like random or somebody gave it to um, you? Or No, me and my like, friend was just talking, chit-chatting, yeah. and she was just like, yeah, you know, you got the fit aspect, you got the lit aspect, you pushes people, and I just needed your slogan. I was like, yeah, get fit, get lit, get going. Yeah, let, you know, let's go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's, it's funny how so many things probably started off like that. Like so many different names with different companies. They're like, uh, Pepsi, Pepsi, <laughs> Pepsi Coke. Coke, 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 Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, okay. Coca-Cola. That's a safe way to say it. There we go. Yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but the, we're, so the last question we ask on Drew vs. the World is another existential one. We, end, we start with an existential one, then we end with an existential one. Is The question is, what are you doing or what do you want to do to change the world? Uh, everything I'm doing now, honestly, football, um, still push out just the females. Like, hey, it's, females can do it, you know. It's never no. If you want to do it, if you want to be a football player, go ahead be a football player. Um, with the fit aspect, I don't care if you had knee injury, back injuries. Like, if you can get up and move, there's always something you can do. Um, I saw the guy who's a trainer. He's a trainer out of a wheelchair. He don't even have no legs, and he's a fitness trainer. And his his body is really, and he's a fitness trainer. So when I saw that, I was just like, there's people out here that's making it, making it work. I'm not saying it's easy. But there's people that's making it work, and you're just talking about your pinky, like no, <laughs> like no. So I I feel like you know I I want to I'm a mentor. I talked to I had talked to a group of young guys who's 15, 16 years old. Some of them play basketball, football, soccer, and I told them like even if you run into a bump in the road, like just keep going. Those things will build you for exactly where you need to be. Trust me, it's gonna happen. Um, trust me, when you get to that position, you're going to look back and be like, ah, that's why I went through what I went through. So um, 
just talking about things like that, I feel like that inspired people. So being a mentor, when I that's one of the biggest reasons of being a mentor. You have to tell them about the part that you don't want to talk about, the part that makes you feel some type of way, feel vulnerable. So, cause that is pushing out to them like, hey, that's a normal person. They not just born rich. They not just born mm-hmm. with, you know, everything handed to them. They're looking at you like, oh, well, if you can do it, I can do it. So that's the biggest part about being a mentor. That's that's powerful, and everybody needs to, everybody needs a little bit of struggle, right? And they need to know that you're struggling too, because what does pressure make? It makes diamonds. Mm-hmm. So it's always is important that people see that from definitely the people that are exceeding like yourself, that they can truly like feed off of that energy that you're having and like, hey, be like, hey, you can do what I did, what I did, but you also could be, now you have me that have laid the street, laid the path. Now you don't have to go off the bumpy road I went to. You got a little bit, you know, you got a little bit of gravel, a little bit of concrete to go past. It's the end of it. You still got to like, it's going to be little bumps, but you still have, you have me as a mentor. So I, I love that part of mentorship and the way that you said that and how you're giving and, you know, giving your time and your information and your love of, you know, all these different aspects of sport to these, to a younger or older generation. So, um, again, I appreciate you so much for taking the time out to be on the podcast. Um, we, we tried and we got here, we got here, we, we did it. We yeah, did it. Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> I, I told y'all, say we're going to make it work this weekend. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it surely did. And it was, it was amazing. And it gave me so much insight into a lot of different things. And I hope it does the same for my audience. Um, but how can people um, get in touch with you? Can you give me your social medias, your websites, and any upcoming events that you got going on? Uh, well, the first event, if you're in Houston, Texas, we have a Mother's Day boot camp that's going on Saturday. Oh, okay. um, that's posted on my page. So I'm about to, I'm going to let you guys know my page. But yeah, so if you see a, a boot camp, it's for the mothers, um, for younger females, any any women um, that want to participate. It's free to the public. So you guys can join. Um, my social media Instagram is Fit underscore so it's your fit just like that um you're going to find me working out seeing some of my clients uh virtual i do virtual and um in face face-to-face um training my uh website is www.drefit.com you're going to find my shirts on there you're going to find my uh bio about me uh, you're going to see some people that's advertising my information so you guys go check that out um, on Instagram, also Jurate Fit. So anything that has Jurate Fit, you're going to find exactly what you need. Um, any type of merchandise is on my website. Um, you can hit me up personally on, you type in my name, Dre with four E's. <laughs> and you'll find, you'll talk to me personally. Um, like I say, even if it's anything about football, basketball, the military, um, injuries, training, I'm like a one-stop shop. I, I I can talk about it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm not one of the people that you only could just talk about fitness the whole time. Like mm-hmm. you can talk about anything, and I will see the message and I will respond back. So that's if you need guys need to get in contact with me. That's just how you can get in contact with me. Yeah, you have such a worldview. It's <laughs> like you said, one-stop shop. Such a worldview in so many different aspects. So the last thing we do on the podcast is say okay. our catchphrase. And okay. our catchphrase on a podcast is love, peace, and chicken, ge- chicken grease, right? And chicken grease. Okay, love, okay. peace, and chicken grease. So I want, to, I want you to do it with your most 
deepest Louisiana <laughs> accent you can muster. I want I want to be on the Bayou, baby. <laughs> he said, I want to be on the Bayou. Baby. I want to I want to be I want, I want to see I want some I want I want to see the, some beignets. I want to see some I want to see all that happen. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be like all that. So <laughs> uh, love, peace, and chicken grease. There we go. And this has been another episode of Jew versus the world. <laughs> <laughs>